am Scotchland, the Scottish. Oh, I don't want to be singing none of them Scottish songs. Oh, yeah, they want to leave the union, well, let them. The first time that the Dukey Radio Show has been to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Sylvia, now I understand this is not your first experience here at the world's largest cultural festival. Tell me more. Dukey, I was at the festival several years ago, but I wasn't your normal Fringe customer. So, you know, I wasn't just up here to see stuff. I was actually working. You were working as a performer? Uh, no, I wasn't working as a performer. That uh, would be... Uh, I kind of think about that in my dreams that I'd like to perform up here, but it's... You know, it costs a lot of money, and it's... You know, it's a lot, so... And it's just something... But anyway, so I was actually support for another performer. So you were performing as a warm-up act during the one-hour slots that no. performers get here? Am I being caged you about this, Dookie? A little bit. Is this somebody, maybe, or a, an entity that you would rather not be associated with? No, it's not that. It's just that... Were you working with Nazi jugglers, is no, what I'm I getting wasn't. at? No, <laughs> I And Nazi jugglers do exist. I have seen some of them perform. <laughs> I haven't given them money, but my word, they are quite skillful, despite... Dookie. Slightly dodgy politics. Is there something, anything about me that has given you the impression that I might be a support act for Nazi jugglers? Because if so, you need to tell me now so that I can change that particular quality. Perhaps off air we'll have a chat. Okay, so no, definitely not Nazi jugglers. I guess I'm being a little cagey because it maybe wasn't the most wonderful time I've ever had in my life. Are we talking about debauchery? Are we talking about substance abuse? Were you stealing from poor innocent strangers in Edinburgh in order to make ends meet during the festival season? Dookie, I was a dancer. A dancer? For a background... Now, I can't dance, right? So let's just say that... Great off the bat. Yeah, you were hired as a dancer. Yeah, well, yeah. So I knew someone who was a performance artist, right? And she went by the name of Rubber Mother. Rubber Mother. I gather this was not her birth name. That was not her birth name, but let's call her Rubber Mother, okay? Because that's the name, that was her performance name. And she was doing a show in Edinburgh called How's Your Aspen? I gather this was a dance-centred 
bit of performance it was, involving the ski resort it in was Colorado. Most, no, or I don't. Hemorrhoids, perhaps. Yeah, I don't really know why she called it that. I think she just kind of liked the How's phrase. How's your Aspen? How's I, I, your Aspen? Presumably a play on words dealing with the backside of yes. men and women. And, and or animals. It was kind of spoken word. Okay, so spoken word with dancers. Yes, this sounds riveting. Well, so at the time we were friends, and I was kind of doing some performance poetry myself. So we kind of bonded over the whole, you know, doing shows, you know, experience, and and we were friends. And let me guess, she said, I really need somebody who can't dance to be a background dancer for yes. my show. Please come along. She had a whole act called, you know, not a whole act, but part of her act was the Battle of Mustache. Right. And this was a whole act that was kind of a musical number, even though she couldn't sing, based on where she would, and this was in the days before, like, Prezi and stuff like If you know Prezi, it's like the new multimedia, you know, uh, PowerPoint. Right. But it's, like, more, like, more dynamic. And so this was in the days where... You know, it wasn't that long ago, but it was before, like, people were really embracing multimedia as part of their shows. So it was quite, you know, she was one of the first people to do that. But anyway, she would project a picture of Hitler. Oh, funny that you mentioned juggling Nazis. So you have worked with Hitler Well, yes, supporters. I mean, gosh, you know, isn't that... So, so, but this was supposed to be funny. So you'd have Hitler up on the screen and you would have Joseph Stalin up on the screen. And then she would do this whole routine... At the, you know, at the Battle of Mustache. Like, to see, like, it was supposed to be funny. And she said to me, will you be a dancing girl? So it was me and one of her other young women, who I, I love dearly, who's very lovely. And the two of us put on, like, can-can costumes. And we danced behind her while she sang, at the battle, the Battle of Mustache. Right. And, and so this production was called... How's your Aspen? How's, yeah. And there was a song and dance number in between her performance poetry in which the merits yes. of dictators' yes. facial hair Fascist was dictators. put to the test yes. in a battle that was in some way reenacted through the medium of dance. Dookie. Yes. One night there was one member of the audience and they weren't even really a member of the audience. They were the lighting guy. Right. And he tech, w- tech um, people well, do not constitute no, audience he, members. Well, so you played in front of nobody. Dookie, he left to go outside during her act for a cigarette. <laughs> really? Yes. I mean, it's only a, a one-hour show. <laughs> well, My no, word. because she was actually sharing the hour with somebody else who was actually amazing. So actually, in fact, she was only on for half an hour. Right. So Dookie, he left for a cigarette... And you know what? Can I tell you what was even worse, Dookie? Hit me. Well, she had a part of her act that was audience participation. Right, with nobody in the audience. This would be so, rather interesting. And the, and the lighting guy was there. So she got the lighting guy to come out up and do the audience participation part. And then by the time he was on stage, there was nobody. You know, you couldn't even pretend that he was the audience. This really isn't funny. I feel like I'm kind of laughing from the sheer horror of it all. Anyway, she 
She said that she would pay for me to go up, and I hadn't really been to Edinburgh for the festival before, so I just thought, yeah, whatever, it's three weeks in Edinburgh, it's a beautiful city, I'll get to stay up there for less money than I would otherwise. And, you know, what the heck, it's an hour, a half an hour's work a day. And all I have to do is, like, shimmy around a little bit wearing a can-can outfit. What I didn't realize was that this would also involve promoting the show for about 12 hours a day. For people not in the know, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival isn't just a one- or two-day event. For most of the performers, you are there for 30 days performing every day for most of August, if not all of August. And did this also extend to yourself, Sylvia? I had a flyer on the Royal Mile. Now, you, if you don't know the Royal Mile, it's like the main um, thoroughfare throughout the city. And, and during the festival, it turns into like a really pedestrianized area. And when it was so funny when the three of us were walking around. You said it's a, like when you're walking down the Royal Mile, it's like that scene in Airplane where in the days when uh, all the religious people used to fly her at the airports. So, and it's like an airplane where they're coming, they keep, he's like trying to get to the plane and they keep coming up to him for Jesus. And finally he just start, starts to punch them just to get through. That's how it is walking through the Royal Mile, isn't it? Indeed. So you were one of those people basically lobbying flyers oh, into the uh, faces of tourists and festival goers. For the entire month of August. And the thing about it was, was that Rubber Mother actually would just stay at home. Like, you know, she was renting a flat, as you do when you're there. And and, and send us out flyering. And I'm, I'm such a, I don't know, is chump the right word? I would actually go Gullible. out and fly. Gullible is a word. Gullible, I suppose. And I would actually, and plus I, I really didn't like being like, playing in front of like the lighting guy so i was like well, desperate. it's clear that the lighting guy didn't like being the only <laughs> audience member he was popping out for a crafty fag while you were performing during what is only a 30 minute set so yeah so you know you can call me gullible but so i think that's probably maybe 70 percent of it but it was also 30 percent like if i am gonna do this can i please just have a couple of people in the audience so there was that as well question i've had a little yes. bit of an epiphany you mentioned a bit of the act in which the facial hair of yes. two rather notorious dictators was put to the test yes and you sang a little bit of a ditty can you give us a little bit of a of a snippet of that again please of, if you don't mind at the battle battle of mustache Oh, I went a little Irene there, didn't I? Uh, you did indeed. You've been around her for a yeah, while. Yeah, because I'm always here when she sings. So Now, that sounds a lot like Barry Manilow's Copacabana. Oh, yes, yes. It was based on Copacabana. Right. So, oh. I was... Me and the other young women were in Can Can Outfits, and we were, like, just, like, doing kicks along... You know, linked arms and doing kicks while she sang the Battle of Mustache to the tune of Copacabana. And presumably... Yuki, you know, the more I talk about this, the more I feel like a bit of a chump for going up there, and she never did pay for my train fares. So and it's a lot of money to go up there during the festival. Absolutely. I mean, like it's a train normally to Edinburgh might cost you... You know, you could get a good deal for maybe £50 return. 
During the festival, it's like 150 pounds for a It's comfortably three digits. You can't get up to Edinburgh for less than 100 pounds in, in August. I mean, the budget hotels are, are charging like 180 a night. I mean, they really... Anyway, so the more we talk about this... But I guess at the time, it just seemed like a bit of an adventure, and it was. And I got to see lots of shows while I was up there, because if you're performing, you can get, like, half-price tickets to the other shows. So I'm really happy I did it. And also, I've heard that the flyering people get to know other flyering people, yes. and comp tickets yes. end up being circulated. It's a super nice atmosphere. Absolutely. There does seem to be a great deal of uh, camaraderie between all of the performers and their and the various chumps that work with them. Uh, yes, so head chump number one, you're speaking to her right here. Question. Yes. The terms and conditions with which you were employed oh, by Dookie. Rubber Mother. I know, I'm such a chump. Did she give any indication of when she would be reimbursing you? No, Dookie, she... Do you want to know what happened to her? I'd love to know. She had to flee the country and go back to Montana. And she actually owed... Is she from Montana or is she just from Milton Keynes and had to no, flee was... the UK in general? <laughs> she, she was actually from Montana and she fled back owing a lot of people a lot of money and I wasn't even like the tip of the iceberg. So, you know, she, she owed like her manager like five figures. From the sounds of it, she also owes some publishing money to Barry Manilow. <laughs> so... Dookie, it was awkward. It was awkward. And then the person that she was sharing the hour with got, like, this amazing five-star review. And... I presume that Rubber Mother and How's Your Aspen did not receive a thumbs up from the local critics. How's Your Aspen got like the worst thumbs down I have ever had the misfortune of reading and I'm just glad that they didn't mention the dancers because I think I would have been in tears. The other person who was dancing with you? Yes. Or so how many dancers were there Yeah, just me and her. Just me and her. Just of the two of you. The other person who was dancing with this neo-Nazi facial hair loving... (laughs) performance troupe. Yes. Did she have decent dance skills herself? Well, no. I mean, she was like, you know, she was just, you know, happened to know Rubber Mother, you know, through somebody else. So... And did she get paid? No. No. I mean, she and I really bonded, so that was really nice. It was really nice. She's really lovely. I, I, I think she's doing really well now. In fact, I know she's doing really well now. So, you know, it was all good. We came out of it unscarred. But that review, the, the reviews that Rubber Mother and How's Your Aspen got, Dookie, you remember that episode of Friends where Joey's like in a play and they get the worst review ever and they're reading the review the next day and Joey says, is execrable good? <laughs> It was like that. Right. I mean, it was like if I had a performance up there. I mean, I know you have to be robust and I know you have to kind of take it on the chin and all that. I I do know that. But this review was so bad that I don't think anybody would have blamed us right then. This was like halfway through the festival. If we had packed our bags and got on the train. I mean, and it's, it's, you know, it's bad enough having a bad review, I'm sure, 
but to have the other person that you're sharing the at uh, the hour with have like the best review that's ever been written dookie the the atmosphere in the house the day of that review it things started to turn a little frosty did you, you know in Superman, I'm not usually one to use superhero kind right. of analogy, but isn't there like the, the ice, isn't there like the ice planet, the ice planet of Hoth or something like that? Right. So, so Superman's like on Earth and then Kevin Spacey's living in the ice planet of Hoth where every, I'm sure if there's any kind of nerdy people out there and you, and I use that term with the utmost respect, you can correct me on this, please email me, but I, I'm pretty sure there's like the ice planet and everything is made out of ice. That's how the atmosphere in the flat got. Right, between yes. Rubber Mother, yourself, yes. and the other dancer. I mean, yeah. Dookie, I'm a real homebody and I like my house, but at that time I was you know, like two in the morning, is it too early to get out of bed and go out yet? I mean, it was like, that's how frosty it was. So anyway, that's a very long story. But at the time, you know, it was great. And it just because I got to see so many other shows. So in a way, that was like how I paid for it. I paid for it by having like this really soul-destroying experience of being a Nazi juggler, be of yes, of of listening to Copacabana's, you know, the Battle of Mustaches, but but I paid for it like that, but it, you know, I didn't pay for it like with actual money. So I got to see all these different shows that you and I have discussed about, you know, because you were up there at the same time, even though we didn't know each other, and we saw a lot of the same shows. Absolutely. I was up there as a tech. A friend of mine had a show up there and I was twiddling knobs and making everything sound as good as it possibly can in a deep, dark cellar that might as well have been an oven for the temperatures that uh, we experienced and uh, endured on a daily basis. I think what's great as well is that you had Nathan Pennington on this show. Um, a number of months ago? In January, yes, when the the Dookie Radio Show was being hosted by Croydon Radio, Nathan Pennington, who returned to the Fringe for a short spell at the Gilded Balloon with his amazing production called Choose Your Own Documentary. And uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing him and he's In so January. wonderful, and he's so talented, and he's such a nice guy. That uh, And I've also had the pleasure of seeing him when he used to do other things. So I have actually seen him do magic, and he's an amazing magician. And I've also seen him do poetry, and he's an amazing poet. But this is, see, and the only reason I'm bigging him up like this, except that he deserves a big up, is, is also because th he's where we got the idea for Choose Your Own Podcast. Because his show is called Choose Your Own Documentary, where you get to choose, the audience gets to choose how the documentary pans out. So, and so this is hats off to Nathan Pennington, Choose Your Own Documentary. That's where we got the idea for Choose Your Own Podcast. And just like the Choose Your Adventure books, you, the podcast listener of the Dookie Radio Show, can make a choice based on three different options. But remember, these podcast choices may have consequences. So these choices are available as separate podcasts. 
so this one is the prologue where we are telling you which choices you have. So here they are. If you choose choice A, this is a list of memorable moments from The Fringe. This is the abridged version, quick and dirty people. Choice B, Marcia, would you like to explain? Yeah, choice B is a a list of moments from the fringe that we could have done without. So think of it as like the bottom five things from the Edinburgh Festival. Yeah, another bridge one, quick and dirty. Yes, so, and then choice C is the whole unabridged version which is ironic because it was recorded when we were driving across a bridge. Stories from the Fringe. So if you listen to A and or B and you decide that you'd like a little bit more detail, then you can listen to Choice C and you can get all the details from the Fringe. So it's your choice. You can do A, B, and or C. Choose your own podcast now.